0: No, it's all good. Yeah, whatever. What's you, good,
1: dude? What's up, dude? Good to see you, bro, Andrew. You, <laughs> and, I, you and I
0: met um, like a week and a half ago in your home uh, city, town of Astoria. Yeah, that's right. And I uh, was fascinated by your name, Ted Jones. Oh yeah, you like that? Yeah, that's like dude. a rock
1: star name
0: or dude, something. You know what? I always appreciate when people <laughs> say that. Yeah, we got the full. You brand. get a lot. You, here. Get, a, you get, a, get, get that a lot. A, so it's a two syllable name. I think that people like the ease of. You know what I mean? That's right. Like you got Tom Jones, and you got you got Brad Pitt, who's in some hot. water water recently after this fight on the <laughs> private plane. Do you hear about this? No, no. Dude, I just Enlighten read me. about this. This was like a, f- a few years ago. He got in a fight with his wife, Angelina Jolie, and the adopted kids on the plane. And then apparently it's just coming to uh, the, the light adopted now. adopted kids he fought too? Yeah, but I, I mean, I don't, I don't want to mess with those kids. Yeah, it's just from- fully getting into uh, a situation. But yeah, those kids are from all over the world, man. Let's <laughs> start from the beginning, man. Where did you grow up initially? And then when did you move to New York? uh okay oh, that water, water's out all, all you bro oh cool yeah. is this the glass clean yeah that's a clean i just there's cleaned like lip it. marks on this
1: it's <laughs> like lipstick on this like, is there I'll actually drink no, no no no
0: dude there's uh, not. there's, there's like, not i just cleaned it lipstick imagine i haven't had a chick over here in too long speaking of lipstick andrew <laughs> i'll be honest with that one well funny story about this
1: neighborhood i don't know what to give too much away i won't say the neighborhood but i dated i kind of semi dated a girl who lived around here for like a month and I was like, Chelsea, ooh. And it was like winter, and she said, Oh, it's hot. I'm going to sleep with the window open. I was like, All right. So she falls asleep. And then as soon as I
0: close my eyes, I hear, Help me. Ah! 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 Oh, yeah, dude. Seriously, no joke. Like, I'll hear <laughs> screams and yelling from probably 10 to 12 blocks away. Just it like crazy. Like, she was echoing. like knocked
1: out. I was like, Is this person okay? And then, like, five hours of the screaming, I'm like, like, oh, are this they is gonna normal d- for the neighborhood. Or like, I hope this person dies soon so I can sleep. <laughs> like,
0: like how <laughs> much you can rest? you scream?
1: Like, are you bleeding out for this long? Hilarious. Yeah, so I, I was a little suspicious of this, but you live in a nice part of, of this neighborhood.
0: I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah.
1: So where I grew up, I grew up in Alexandria, Virginia. It's like the Queens of uh, Washington, D.C. I don't know if you've ever been there.
0: Well, it's right outside of, um, like, the Georgetown area, correct? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I've spent some time in D.C. I used to date a girl who went to college in D.C., so I went down to GW a lot. Oh, cool. Uh, But in general, it was a pretty cool city. Did you spend a lot of time in uh, D.C. or just in Virginia in general?
1: No, I grew up in the 90s, and it was a different time, you know? Like, every time we drove, we just drove through for field trips to the museums. And literally, I mean, to me, I was just like an eight-year-old, but I'm like it's scary out there. There's like, you know, garbage cans on fire and stuff and graffiti. I'm like, Oh my God, it's the end of the world. And then we'd like, you know, look at the museum, get back in the bus and, and be scared until I got back to Alexandria.
0: So that was a pretty conservative area at that time. And I imagine now it's it's still pretty conservative, right? Not as much as back then. Alexandria or Washington DC? Uh, Alexandria, Virginia.
1: Um,
0: it was okay. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the political stance is. The
1: the mayor was a Democrat,
0: but I don't know what that means. Well, when you went to Washington, D.C., and you saw all these city shenanigans <laughs> happening, and then you came to New York, dude, you must have been like, well, this was nothing back in the day. Well, then I went to college in Richmond, and that was like... What was that, University of Richmond?
1: It was VCU, Virginia Commonwealth.
0: Oh, okay. Have you heard of it? I actually have heard of them. They they have um a good tennis team. I played tennis at UConn, so I was familiar oh, no way. I was familiar with all the schools in the country that all were the, good at tennis. All the random schools. Yeah, yes, dude, it's hilarious. Like I got obsessed with that. That was like when I was eight years old and my parents thought I had early stage autism because I loved the <laughs> license plates, dude. I would just know every state license plate. I think that's probably where some of it came back like in high school when I was like, Oh, I really want to go to ten uh, play college tennis. Where can I go potentially? To the place with the best license plate. Yeah, exactly. I want to go to that
1: place with the pine cone in the middle. <laughs> Maine, state of pine cones.
0: So anyway, VCU. Yeah. Wow, that's fascinating about license plates. What about them? Just did you collect them? I don't or? know, man. You're right. No one's ever really picked my brain about it, and I've never really talked about it so much. Um, I don't even know if I've ever mentioned this through the 200, and I don't even know, 90 episodes of this podcast. I don't oh even know gosh. if I've ever mentioned that. So nice, nice sport. It's big Pick world. anatomy, dude. <laughs> exactly, it That's is. Good. Let's dig deep in this Ted Jones yes, world. Yes, dude, but I think it was just, uh, just every car had a different looking one for the most part. Because I grew up in... In New York, but I would go to places like North Carolina, New Jersey, Delaware, Washington, D.C. Because I have oh, family in yeah. all these places. So, all these foreign places. You know what I mean? But driving, driving these places, you'd see all these different license plates. Yeah, because the 95 drive, corridor. Like, I, I had
1: that too. Yeah. There you go. Because it's the most That's yeah. most drug traffic, but it's the most like traveled um, stretch of highway in the country. Yeah,
0: so I guess that m- might have been some of it, just seeing different. Different license plates all over the place, you know. And we
1: we, we lucked out. Unlike California, is just one big state. We have like a bunch of little ones all clumped together, doing their own thing. Exactly. <laughs> license too. play wise, yeah. I was into them too I, I, a little bit. Um. Okay. What was I saying? Alexandria. Oh well, I went to Richmond, and that was like that was like Mad Max playing this city. You know, like the streets just were just filled with garbage, and I remember I. Um, my dad had this Toyota convertible and I, and I was like, I'll take this to my like college uh, fraternity dance. And I parked it outside of my uh, apartment. And then I came back, somebody had cut the whole top open, took out everything, which was like,
0: did surgery on it.
1: Yeah. And I didn't have all I had in there was an iPod, but I was like, those bastards, (laughs) my iPod, all my songs, all my, my chemical romance. Yeah. Yeah, it was, and now to this day, my dad still has it. It's all duct taped. He still hasn't replaced the. Top. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: That's hilarious. So, but what? It was very crime ridden and, yeah.
1: and um, bad. It's just where the part I lived, I think.
0: Did you move back home after you went to college in Richmond? So, I went to, uh, well, in
1: Richmond, I worked at the Richmond Funny Bone, which is like the only comedy club in like within 100 miles. <laughs> <laughs> Is this when you were still at college? I was a in yeah, college? I was a senior in college, and I worked at you know I showed up there, and I was like, "Can I have a job?" And they're like, "Sure." I was like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna be a comedian!" And I show up, and they they were like, "All right, get in the kitchen and make you know clean the dishes and stuff." I just worked in the kitchen for for literally six months, thinking I was in the business of comedy, but I was literally just washing
0: dishes and and bringing food out to people. At the Funny Bone, so uh, and you saw a ton of comics, yeah, yeah, and this this made you want to become a comedian, or did you know before? So kind of, I,
1: I wanted to a little before, but meeting the comics, that's what put my in my head to move to New York because they were like, I would, I would pick their brains, and they'd be like, "Yeah, the biggest thing is to leave here, leave Richmond."
0: you can't be a comedian here. <laughs> You're working at the kitchen at a, re- at a comedy club. Cause you were probably seeing the guys who were coming through headlining the funny bone probably. Yeah. It was
1: like rich Voss. And I remember him. Um, the guy who was on the Chappelle show, uh, um, who died recently. Um, you know, that guy on the Chappelle show, he would tell the story about Rick James, bitch. Charlie Murphy. Yeah. He was there. Um, who else it was people like him? I don't know. So their but, advice
0: is just to get out of Virginia and move to either in LA, Chicago, or New York, or just in New York.
1: They all said New York. Yeah. Well, Charlie Murphy didn't talk to me. Oh, and then <laughs> Jeff Dunham, I met.
0: <laughs> oh, was he doing puppet stuff at that time? Or was yeah, he a big, stand puppet, up?
1: big, what year was this? This was like, uh, 2000, uh, four.
0: So this might've been like the heyday of his like puppet, tree stuff like he was uh yeah he he sold out every show oh wow
1: yeah and i remember i was like i can't wait to meet him and after the weekend of shows he sold out every everyone i walked up and i'm like hey mr dunham i had like nacho cheese all over my uniform (laughs) and then this other guy that worked in the kitchen with me he, he walked up next to me and he and he goes yo man let me play with your puppets and jeff was like
0: while you were standing next to him with nacho cheese on your shirt, this guy yeah. blew up your spot. This guy like he wasn't start, even the fucking nacho cheese that got you in the in that bad spot. God no, he really he, he like
1: creeped out Dunham and Dunham just started quickly packing up his puppets. <laughs> <And> <laughs>
0: Is I was this like, in the green room or something? No, this
1: was um This was on the stage, I think, because because I guess like, like a meet and greet? No, he, it was weird. It was the audience was empty. Maybe he j- had just gotten there or he was packing up to leave. Maybe he left some stuff on stage and came back for it after a meet and greet or something. But I was like, this is my moment to pick, uh, the, the biggest guy I knows brain and this other guy like completely blew it. And I, and I like, uh, I was like, you idiot, you can't, he's not gonna let you play with his puppets. <laughs> That's how he makes his living. You dumb, dumb, <laughs> but, but yeah, I moved to New York and, um, it took me a while to uh, to really commit to uh, comedy. I like you know. I went to grad school up here at first, I went to St. John's, and then I um, after I graduated, I had no job, I had no girlfriend, and I was broke. But I was living in New York, and I was like, oh, I yeah, just I'll just do I'll just do comedy.
0: Were you living in Queens when you went I to was St. Living John's? In Queens, yeah. Did you come into New York? I mean, come into Manhattan? Any chance you really got? Uh, no, because it was so, it would take like two hours
1: to by train. So it, was a, it was Jamaica, Queens. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah.
0: Totally. So, the process, though, of becoming a comic who works in the city every single night, how did you get from being a guy who just graduated St. John's grad yeah, school and uh-huh. then transfer, transforming into that?
1: I did the open mics in New York, um, which at the time, it was 2013, were like kind of like not as crazy as they are these days. How do you mean? Like, if I pop a new open mic anywhere, it feels like there's like 50 comics and it feels like there's like so many comics that are like at open mics now. But back when I started, it was like 10 or 12 or 20 or that was like the most, it wasn't like a, it was like pretty easy to do multiple mics a night without putting in like six hours, you know,
0: at one mic for two hours.
1: Right. Yeah. It wasn't like that. And I remember, There was one mic hosted by this guy who uh, produced a show at the Lantern, which is now the comedy shop. And he's like, hey, man, I liked your stuff. Would you want to stand outside and say free comedy show for two hours (laughs) for five minutes? And I was like, yeah, (laughs) I felt like I had been chosen by the industry, you know, because this is your first spot, potentially
0: that wasn't that wasn't an open mic.
1: Right. Yeah. That was after like six months of doing open mics and um and then, and then I was like, man, I hope I did good. <laughs> I hope I really barking. You mean Yeah, In yeah. Your five minutes, both, both. Right? Yeah. yeah. I was like, man, this is my big moment. I hope I didn't blow it. And he's like, yeah, you you free Thursday. And I'm like, yeah. So then I did Thursday and I think I would do, I would do the barking twice or three times a week and, and then do open mics. And then it got to the point where he was such a good producer he started taking over all of the shows so then i would bark like 7 days a week for this one guy and get up 7 days 7 days a week you know and it was like a crash course in um like marketing breaking, and comedy marketing comedy breaking out of like my uh, shell cuz i you know I felt like I you could talk to strangers. Talk to strangers, yeah. It, it was it was it was like a lesson in itself talking to
0: strangers and stuff. Nice. Were you super into comedy growing up?
1: Yeah, man. I was into uh Comedy Central like just I would have it on watching all the specials like Jeff Dunham and um Greg Giraldo and Jim Gaffigan. And then I would stay up late during the summer and watch if there was a stand-up on Conan or or uh, Jay Leno, I'd watch that. Those were pretty fun.
0: What's been your highlight in New York so far? Comedy and not comedy wise. There's been a couple highlights. Um,
1: the first big one was I did the one of the first roast battles in New York City in like 2016. Uh, where was that? It was at the Old Stand. That was on 24th Street, and uh, 19th Street. Right. Oh yeah, Nineteenth Street
0: Comedy Club is you referring to? Yeah, Yeah, my bad. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. It was on Nineteenth Street. The I was doing a roast battle with uh, Foley because we were like, oh, we make fun of each other anyway. Might as well (laughs) go on stage and (laughs) do it. Go on stage and do it. (laughs)
0: That's hilarious, dude.
1: And and how many
0: years were you guys into comedy when you guys were doing roast battles like that?
1: I was like three years in, but he was uh, like ten years in or something. He started the comedy like in the eighties or something. Um, but I was, but that was my idea. Like thinking because, uh, we produced a show there at the stand too. Me, Foley, and Kevin, and and Tommy Cassidy and and Chris Cotton. And so we were on like the email list with the Booker. So he sent an email list to everyone, every comic that he knew, saying we're starting this new show called Roast Battle. Who's interested? And I and I texted Foley. I am like, we should do it. And there had been no roast battle there at all. There had been no clips online at all. So all I had to do to prep was like watching like um, the roast of like Donald Trump. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I literally watched that whole thing cause it was like free on YouTube for yeah. some reason. And I would just be like, So that's okay. just how you structured everything. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. I would structure everything. It was like set a punchline or a misdirect where you think it's going to be a compliment, but it's an insult. Yes. So I was, I was just like, okay, I, I literally like focused on it for like two weeks of writing all this stuff. Everybody I saw, I'd, I'd run the jokes by and just to see if they made sense or worked. So I, I like focused on it for like two weeks. And then back then it was uh, three rounds of, of roasting. You had to have like some ridiculous amount of jokes. Uh, I can't even remember what the structure was, but it was like it felt like an eternity. There'd be only like three roast battles a night, and it'd be like an hour and a half show. So I wrote so many jokes, and I show up to the to the stand like I'm sweating. I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna blow it. It's never done something like this. And Foley is literally like, he he would start writing jokes there. He didn't prepare it all.
0: <laughs> That's hilarious.
1: All right, maybe he prepared a little bit, but nowhere is near the level I did, and um, and we're we're second on the lineup, and the first two comics are uh, Chris Scopo, and this guy who since quit comedy, his name was Deepu Gill, was his last name, I think, and they bombed. They like got no laughs, and the hosts or the judges tore him apart. They were like, "You should kill yourself. You suck." <laughs> Like Ari Shafir, that lady told Deepu he should hang himself. And, and like Foley and I look at each other. We're like, oh, my God, this is like an ambush. They're going to tear us apart. We're going to look stupid. Uh, and we both got like super scared. And then after the judges like finished tearing apart these two guys, they called us up. And I can't remember who went first, either me or Foley, but whatever we said, I immediately got a big laugh. And I was like, oh, my God this is going to be okay, you know? And, uh, we kind of like lost steam. We did like the three rounds, the last couple jokes, clearly like we ran out of jokes. We just kind of like did our best and it kind of like, uh, got mediocre, but the judges were like, wow, that was great. I we we were expecting another deep who and, uh, and, um, and I had one, I beat Foley, which, you know, he didn't really work hard on him. So, but I was like, oh, my God. And, and we walk off stage. Everyone's like grabbing our arm like, you, you, you know, you should do my show and all this stuff. And uh, and I literally like I couldn't sleep. I was like so excited that I overcome came this like weird comedy challenge. And then I got a, t- like a
0: breakthrough moment for you. You feel like.
1: Yeah, it was like a like a confidence boost. And then also I got a text on my phone from a number I didn't recognize the next morning. And it said, are you available tonight or something? And it was uh, the book or the stand. I got passed at the stand from the from that roast battle. So I was like, wow, it's the best night of my life. I don't know. <laughs> Up to that point, it was pretty cool. And then life-wise in New York, you you have a girlfriend in New York that you live with? I have a good, I don't live with her, but we started dating um, like um, in uh, February. And things are good. We don't live together. But we both got out of relationships. Um, She lived with a guy for like years, and I lived with a girl for like two years. So we're kind of like excited, still happy. I feel
0: like that's got to be the best situation to be in. Like, (laughs) I mean, you're with a girl. You guys are both, you know, very cautious about moving in with each other too quick because you both have had experiences where it maybe didn't go so great, you know? Did You 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 guys meet on an app? Yeah, we met on Bumble. Oh, nice, man. I don't I I, ha, I don't have Bumble on my phone, but when I had it, I didn't have so much success with it. In general, I don't really have so much success with dating apps. But I feel like it's like every other person has a lot of success with dating apps. Either has met their girlfriend or maybe has had girlfriends or guy friends or boyfriends in the past from it, I suppose. Well, Bumble's the only one that's
1: not owned by the Match people. Like, Match owns Tinder. They own... They might own Hinge. Too. Really? Yeah. So I feel like it's kind of like this corporate umbrella. Female owned. Yeah, that's but humble. also like they want profit. They have shareholders. So they want to like not really get you a match that is It's keep you
0: swiping. But Hinge has a, a slogan. They're like, the app that's meant to be deleted, which I can't oh, really? see. It's a BS. Yeah, that's like the slogan they came out that's with. That's good dude. marketing. Yeah. yeah, but I feel like it's not.
1: That's like, I still uh, have it. Yeah, what what's the equivalent of
0: that in another
1: world? The food that's meant to be eaten. Yeah, like, literally
0: anything. Yeah, you anything. you literally yeah. put that on, like outside of Panera bread. Panera bread, food that's meant to be eaten. Gas that's meant to oh, be what's put the, in your and car. Then that's Arby's. It kind of sounds like that. We have the meats, but yeah. it's just a very very random specific.
1: I know, which I don't. I, I really don't like that. Slogan. What kind of food
0: do you eat, dude? Speaking of Arby's, having the meats, bro. I eat Arby's. we we'll going a random uh, tangent. You don't actually eat Arby's. Oh yeah, man. There's I mean, one in Queens. Yeah. Oh, that's the one you've been to. That's the one I used to live by. No way, oh, bro. That's right off the LIE. Right? Yeah, yeah. I used to oh live my right god, there. god, that's hilarious. Dude. I've stopped there before to use the bathroom. <laughs> dude, no joke. I
1: gained like living by that Arby's. Yeah, I, I seriously gained. Uh, maybe 50 pounds. I was literally fat, and I had no idea. 50 pounds from this build right now? Yeah, like double chin. Like
0: Wait, so this stomach. was when you were grad school? You were just like in the library all the time, eating Arby's? Eating Arby's, or eating it after, after school. I would stop at
1: Arby's before I went home. What or, kind
0: of sandwiches did you eat from there? Just the roast beef? I would eat the roast beef
1: with cheddar, and then I would eat the curly
0: fries. Oh, man. Bro. Dude, I was in a bad place. I used to eat McDonald's a lot, but... I stopped and i'm vegan now oh good for you yeah man so eating those processed meats though i mean i was going fast food places all the time like wendy's and never got into arby's it was so that just that no offense that seemed like one of the more gnarly kind of places to me i don't know why but it was just like the amount of meat that they put on the sandwich you put it with the mayo and the cheese it's gross yeah
1: and uh what drew you to there well, being I was so homesick when I first moved here. It was like oh, my my Southern oh, embassy. Please. Oh wow! It was like, oh yeah, I'm, I feel like a diplomat in this place. You know, like I know the ins and outs of Arby's because I grew up in Virginia. Virginia. And can you walk
0: <laughs> there from where you live?
1: Yeah, but I didn't. I drove because I'm a fat piece of crap.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so how did yeah, go through long, the drive-through? How road. long did it take you? Was it like over your two years or however many years you were at St. John's? Yeah,
1: it was like two years of eating there nonstop. What actually did it for me is somebody was like, "Yeah, those pants uh you're wearing not Pretty tight, yeah, they're really tight, and I' was like, What do you mean? In my head, I thought I was skinny, and I oh, looked fuck. and I looked down and my my gut was literally covering everything, and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm fat.
0: <laughs> oh, that's crazy! I heard this I was scrolling through TikTok, and some guy was like, You don't notice." that you're you're super unhealthy until like 90% of the way there. Yes, you're, you're it's already drinking too late. You're eating and eating. You wake up one day and you're like, "Fuck, I have 6 months worth of work to do." It's already too late. I was blue it. At least 6 months worth of work to do, I'm sure, right? If what's, not for a year, or two years. And what's the sad part
1: about your body is like it would be one thing if you ate Arby's and then the next the next day you feel fat. But I feel like the digestion and all the stuff that turns Arby's into fat particles like takes like at least a couple weeks, you know?
0: How do you mean? What do you mean?
1: Like, I think I would eat like burger and fries and be like, Oh yeah, I look the same in the mirror. Like inst- you know, just immediately look at myself. Oh yeah. It just
0: happened like a compounding. Yeah. I feel like there's like a delay, situation. the delay
1: in eating bad, to your body is maybe like a week or something. So by the time the week is over, you think you're invincible. Oh, I got the metabolism of a, of a teenager. I'll eat more. Oh, that's
0: interesting, man. Cause I've, I I mean, I've definitely had, you know, four or five day benders where I've eaten so much (laughs) shit and I've been like, Oh, I look fine. I'm good. Yeah. Me too. You keep adding, adding those days. And then one day, like, you know, day freaking 40 or whatever, eating like shit, not working out. You're like, fuck,
1: you hit rock bottom, uh, or, um, so what did your schedule kind of
0: look like? What did your schedule look like when you were eating this much Arby's? And I was you, a piece
1: of shit. I would sleep in
0: and... You go to breakfast there?
1: I don't know if they do breakfast, but I, I wasn't waking up enough to, to go to breakfast. Right, they
0: weren't open for breakfast when you were up.
1: Probably not, yeah. I would eagerly like stop on the way to St. John's. I would get, you know, the lunch. Maybe I'd get the dinner <laughs> too later. I was really depressed and, uh, you know, but... It was also very convenient and it really felt like home. I don't know. Felt like, oh, yeah, this is
0: a little piece of Virginia and Queens. You were depressed. Was that because of your time at St. John's and being unsure about why you were actually there and Maybe. also your diet?
1: Little both. And the third thing is like that part of Queens looks like it's, Soviet it, it, block, okay. like post war. East Berlin or something. Well, like,
0: I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. There's just like a lot of traffic maybe coming off of the 495, right? Like right at that point. I'm right.
1: Yeah. I hear, I heard car traffic all night. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. I literally hear. So
0: you murr. should have been used to that uh, Chelsea shenaniganery with your ex-girlfriend. Though. Yeah. Um, well, well, not, maybe not people screaming. Though, yeah. Bodies. Right. Screaming for help the whole time. <laughs> yeah. The cars are a different story. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: But yeah, yeah. Cars are a different story, yeah. And I'd, I'd just be like, oh my God. Bro, how long did it take you to lose, what, 50 pounds? Well, I just like did, it was kind of by accident because I was, mm-hmm. I moved away from the Arby's. And
0: that helped Stop, dude. <laughs> All it took was just to move your house in a few miles east or whatever. Yeah, I moved to Kew Gardens and that wasn't by Arby's.
1: And I was also like pretty poor. So I, I couldn't afford bread. I'd either have to choose between meat or bread at the grocery store. So I'd pick meat. Cause I thought like the protein. So I accidentally did like the low carb diet without realizing it. My buddy, uh, this guy, Alexis Guerrero's lost like a ton of weight. He's a comedian yeah, too. And I'm like, what's your secret, man? And he just said intermittent fasting. And then me and my, my other friends who were comedians at the time, we kind of all did it at once.
0: And what was it Like a, uh, fasting 16 eating
1: 8. We yeah, I would stop eating around 8 or 9 and then start eating around 12 or 1. So what is that? Is that eight, 12,
0: Yeah, about 16 hours of fasting.
1: Yeah, so uh, then I could eat carbs because before I was like an anorexic. Like I wouldn't even touch pizza only like on a special occasion I would eat a yeah. pizza.
0: It's you know it really it, it really does make things easier though once you put it into a window, you know like an intermittent fasting window. You're like, okay, I can Freaking eat basically whatever I want in this five to six hour window. And yeah. it, makes th- it makes your body just use the fat that it already has in those times when you're not eating.
1: And it feel like your um, insulin level and all this stuff that your body does when it eats, it has time to like settle in.
0: Totally, man. Like you if can, you, I've eaten right before I've gone on stage before and all my energy is focused on breaking down the food instead yes. of my brain focusing on spitting that hot fire. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Throwing throwing those flames. <laughs> throwing the flames on the grill. Right, on the grill, <laughs> yeah. Uh, your uh, your hibachi grill of jokes. Did you smoke weed at all? No, I don't. Never yeah. really got into it.
0: Uh, drink at all?
1: Yeah, not as much as I used to, though. Yeah. I, I used to drink a to lot. Slow
0: down. Why'd you slow down?
1: Uh, I just, like... um, Well, when I was single and doing comedy... That was the thing to do, was to get <laughs> wasted after a show and
0: and you remember, you remember, Yeah, you remember Fat Baby, bro?
1: Yeah, I would stop by Fat Baby. Like Wednesday
0: night. I used to be at Fat Baby Wednesday, oh 1 a.m. God. wasted, dude. Yeah, like 2016, Fat, 2017.
1: At the, at the stand or the, or the club? No,
0: the actual Lower yeah. East Side.
1: My hangovers started getting worse and
0: worse. Yeah, Every, Preach. Man. Yeah, that's what it was like, It's man. crazy how our body processes, I guess, you know, g- circling back to an Arby's and also <laughs> alcohol when we're young, you know? It's crazy. Just like one day we'll start to be like, yo, we can't drink anymore. Or one day, like you maybe decided you can't hit the Arby's anymore. Or yeah, maybe yeah. you will on occasion,
1: no? Uh, yeah, if I'm in the mood and on a road trip or something, maybe. <laughs> it doesn't hit the same. I feel you man It's not the southern comfort
0: that you once had
1: But you know what the cool thing about the girl I'm seeing Is we met around Valentine's Day And uh, I was joking around about Arby's
0: Oh let's go And she's with it She's like when are you taking me there for Valentine's Day And we went yeah No way on Valentine's Day We went on Valentine's Day to Arby's Bro good for you You know what That, that speaks to your true authentic self man Think about how many guys would never do that
1: Also like how cool that chick is But
0: You're cool but if she's watching, I'm sure she's watching. Very cool.
1: But there's COVID stuff that they, they had no uh, dining area. So we kind of like ate standing up and then they kicked us out.
0: <laughs> so
1: we really got kicked out onto the street with just Arby's. Ah!
0: <laughs> Mayo on the side of your face, dude.
1: Yeah. And then we were like eating. It was like so cold. And then this homeless guy just starts walking up to us. And I'm like, you're not getting this Arby's. <laughs> and He's like, he's just yelling. I don't, I don't even think he wanted anything. He just wanted to yell at somebody. So we, uh, I think we had to take the trade somewhere else to eat the
0: Arby's. <laughs> Full circle, man. Well, that's a beautiful moment.
1: Uh, touring at all? Yeah. I opened for Emma Wilman. We're doing some funny bones of that. We're doing Albany. We just got the date for and uh, somewhere else, but. Those will all be on my uh, website, andrewshavon.com.
0: How'd you meet Emma?
1: We, uh, at the Village Lantern, weirdly. She was friends with the same guy I was friends with who booked the shows, and she would throw, he would put her on, you know, I would bark, and then she would be the headliner or something. So then we started joking around and being friends, and then uh, I ran into her in 2020, and she asked if I had a car, and I said, yeah. And then we did a Jersey gig, in 2020, like the first road gig I did in like seven months. And then she, she was like, you want to do another Jersey gig? I was like, yeah. And then it, then it started being the buying the plane tickets to go to a show and doing like a week long thing and all over the place. It was like, it, it, she, she started rising at the same time as we became, you know,
0: uh, road buddies, <laughs> so we just kept doing stuff. What happened with you during 2020? Did you go back home?
1: No, Virginia, I, I mean? literally I was packed with my uh, girlfriend at the time, and uh, and we were gonna go down there, and my dad was like, "Yeah, probably shouldn't come," because I guess the news was made it seem like everyone in New York had COVID. So we, my girlfriend and I just looked at each other, and were like, "I guess we're here." And we just stayed up here the whole time was miserable. It was horrible. It was so horrible to stay up here.
0: I didn't do any comedy. I was too depressed. And you were just inside most of the day with your ex-girlfriend yeah, at the time. We, and we broke up. Yeah. Well, and it was probably because of uh, having to be in such close quarters, right? For so long. Or did you kind of feel like you guys needed to break up even before COVID?
1: We, we weren't right for each other, but COVID made
0: it. Extra
1: clear, yeah. <laughs> that we were. That's right. crazy. What
0: were some of the red flags though that gave you the idea to just get out of there? To get out of the relationship, yeah.
1: Well, she kind of like quiet quit the relationship. Um, oh my god, like we're you know, quiet quitting.
0: We're quiet quitting. Quiet quitting. How she like starting arguments that she wanted you to be the aggressor in, and she could be like, "See, Andrew, this is exactly what I'm talking about." Something like
1: that. Yeah, just acting really crappy, and you know where I'm like, all right, what's going on? And then I got, eventually got out of her that she wanted to break up. So I technically started the breakup, but she kind of broke up, quite quitted. (laughs) (laughs) And then, uh, and then after that, I felt like a boost of energy because it was kind of emotionally exhausting to be kind of in an unhappy relationship. How long were you in that? We lived together from the, we moved in during the pandemic because we both had roommates in Queens. So we moved in thinking like this is the solution to all our problems. You know, oh, no wow. More That's like
0: getting a dog or having a baby. Yeah. But moving in with someone potentially the least problematic of all three, maybe, maybe getting a dog. But yeah, moving in with someone, you can easily move out, right? How long yeah. did you guys live together for?
1: We lived together for exactly. Oh, no, never mind like about a year and a half. Like we, we moved together 2020. We broke up um, October, 2021.
0: Did you have an 18th month lease or did you sign another year?
1: Well, we had month to month. Cause oh, I, great. I kind of was, much. I kind of was you like, applied
0: after your month 12, you're like, let's see what happens in next year Yeah. Week. Right. Right. Let's take this on probation. We'll take it day to
1: day. But yeah. So, uh, I don't know. What, what was I saying? Oh, my pandemic. Yeah. So it was with her and, uh, and I feel like it just became to the point where anything I did was annoying. You know, she'd be like, you're on the couch again. I'm like,
0: well, yeah, we can't that. go anywhere. That's also, <laughs> also, man, like think about how many relationships ended like that, especially in New York. Yeah, man, there's Two no room in the 300 square foot apartment. It's just not really how we're meant to live. If you think about the 1950s and 60s, You'd see your wife in the morning, 8 a.m. You'd go to work. You'd come back by 7 p.m. Yeah. So, like, there's 11 hours of the day where you're not texting your wife. You're not on Instagram scrolling, potentially seeing your wife in a picture you don't want to see her in. Yeah. Or maybe she was being weird at a particular time. It's like the men, well, traditionally speaking, the men, they go out and hunt, and then they come back. Yes. And the females at that particular time in history are taking care of the kids, taking care of the house. So... It's yeah. unnatural to be in a space with someone like 350 feet. Like there's still lockdowns now going all going on all over the world, and people are just I know that very unhappy. The obviously. CDC
1: person just got COVID, so is that a sign of another wave? If the top of the food chain has gotten I don't it? know,
0: man. But it's crazy how many testing sites are on every single corner. I'm sure you see that in uh, Astoria too. People just sitting in their booths with yeah. the tent. <laughs> Why are there so many? I don't get it. I remember like like uh, September and October last year I'd see those tents
1: and I'd be like, "Why bother? You know, COVID's over." And then literally like 2 weeks later, I was looking for a tent cuz I had Omicron.
0: <laughs> really? I was like, "Where are all the tents?" What was that probably like November, December last year cuz yeah, I remember there was yeah, that we had like a little bit of a bump.
1: Yeah, Man. every, oh, yeah, every, every comic, every comedian had had gotten it. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, "I just uh, you know, went through that breakup. I I was living alone. I had COVID. I was like, Oh, this sucks. (laughs) I couldn't, you know, go home for the holidays or anything. Um, but then after that, things got better. I got the Omicron booster, so I'm not scared. You know, I'm like cough around me. I got the booster. Yeah.
0: Let's go cough in my face. Kid. What's your favorite part about Astoria? Uh, Oh, man. I, and also freshman year. I'll give you some context of high school. I used to run in that Astoria Park like a few days a week.
1: Oh, in the on the track? or around Yeah, the, on the track. On the yeah, side, right yeah that's a the good bridge. track.
0: Yeah, they uh, turned it blue, I guess, in the last few years. It used to be a red track, pretty dumpy, but now it's nice.
1: Yeah, a, a lot of people run there. It's like hard to get a, a lane now. Really? Yeah, it's like so many people.
0: Well, that makes sense because that's one of the main parks that's right on the water. It's beautiful there.
1: Yeah, it's a pretty awesome place. Um, fair part of Astoria is the neighborhood I live in is like surprisingly safe or some, I don't know. But for example, I drove my car yesterday to see my girlfriend and I got in the car and all these lights on the dashboard lit up like uh sensor error and all this stuff. And I was like, Oh, what's going on? When I got home, I looked it up and I'm like, oh, your sensor's dirty. That's what the website said. I typed in like the make and model and what the error message was. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'll just clean it. And the video said where to clean it. And I put my hand to where it was and all I felt was a wire. Somebody had stolen the thing. The sensor?
0: The, the, the sensor. sensor on your freaking Hyundai. Or on my, my Honda
1: Accord. Somebody just stole it out of there. Because they resell for like two hundred bucks.
0: Have you seen these recent stories about kids stealing Hyundai's and Kias? The
1: the the, the emblem.
0: No, the actual cars themselves. Oh, oh, no. Yeah, I don't know. But I, I haven't heard of uh, the Honda Accord parts selling. Yeah. yeah, dude, crazy car parts. I don't even understand how they sell for so much. It's so funny.
1: And I park in Astoria, like, literally, it's like garbage everywhere.
0: I open the door. I step on a diaper, <laughs> you know, like, no car issues ever. You park on the street, though, and you yeah. have to move it every couple of days? Yeah. Why do you find the need to have a car in
1: New York? Uh, well, because, I like, one, road stuff a little bit. Totally. And- That's how I get in the city now. I drive and uh, it's easier to get back. Really? And you don't mind a spot. Oh, okay. All right.
0: That's um, enlightening to hear. People sometimes the cars always swear and say that Manhattan is terrible for spots.
1: Not at night for like around comedy time. It's pretty good. Like you can find a
0: spot. Post rush hour.
1: Yeah. Like all the meters end at seven. So if you have an eight o'clock show, you could just park for free. Like, all the clubs and, and Village. And-
0: yeah, like they have parking out front. I've noticed that, too. Yeah.
1: Okay, this is like... I'm sorry, I've noticed can, that. This is not really the funny angle I wanted. You want a funny <laughs> angle? All right, dude, give us a bit. Give us, a right. bit. Give us an ending bit, all right? Okay. Uh, you mean like a stand-up bit? I don't know. Where or I'm like a combo bit? bit. combo
0: bit. Okay. Um, oh, man. <laughs> Put it on the spot. This is uh, improv on the spot. Okay. With Andrew? Uh... Crap. or you know what, or we can talk about something maybe you have something coming up and i know we briefly talked about this but maybe you have something coming up that you're pumped about i know you have some shows with emma willman
1: what about a stand-up what about a stand-up joke uh we could riff on i have this do stand-up joke where uh world war ii you know germany started the war they did horrible things but then 20 years later people bragged about having their cars isn't that weird it's like now if we we're like you see this watch taliban <laughs> Are you jealous? Oh.
0: Taliban makes this watch. Uh, something, I don't know. What do you think? There's something there. <laughs> there's something there. Yeah, there's there may something be, there. Maybe Every like, 20 years, the bad guy becomes the good guy. Theoretically, oh, like Trump. Yeah. Trump is a... Yeah, Trump might want make Trump, cars. Dude, like people want Trump back in office. It's like we forget about how much of shenanigans he got by. I mean, but that's pretty political. I don't know.
1: What, you what, ever seen any, again? Say, I, you I was
0: saying Trump coming back to be president. Everyone's saying that like we forgot that how annoying annoying he was in office when he was in office
1: people are already for, forgot about how bad it is because he's so. like centered off of twitter like everyone it's like out of sight out of mind like i forgot everything about how do you him. feel
0: about elon on twitter because i know you're a big twitter guy
1: <laughs> he uh eight dollars a month for the verification what's crazy to me is all the tweets of the people who already have a blue check mark like i've been trying to get a blue check mark for years and uh apparently there was accounts in 2016 that got blue check marks, but they were like white supremacists or something. Because you remember the, the Charlotte, Charlottesville thing? I guess some of them had blue check marks.
0: They got them after the Charlottesville thing? Or they had them before or at oh the time. God.
1: So Twitter was like, that's it. And they were, getting, we're, we're not giving out any more or something. Like There used to be a process where you could just validate yourself. And I feel like that one, they're like, All right, it looks bad that we're validating white supremacists, so we're not doing it anymore. We're not doing any check marks. And if you knew somebody or you had like a connection at Twitter, you could get it. But an average Joe, it was very
0: hard. So, how do you feel about the new model that he's talking about, though?
1: Well, all these people who have them are complaining. They're like, it's it's not fair. But I'm like, this at least gives me a chance, you know, to get a blue one. I feel like it's a it's going to suck to pay eight dollars a month, but at least you can um, have some cloud on the platform now. You know, I don't know. I feel like it's okay. It's like, it just makes it a kind of a streamlined system at least than before where you had no idea how to get one unless you, it was more privileged before Elon because you had to know somebody who, who knew somebody. It was, that's like a, it was like a skull and bone society or something. Politics of Twitter. Yeah. The politics of the privileged or something. And now it it feels like everyone can get it. If they can cough up $8 a month or $8 a year, that's more equal. I feel like, because anyone can get $8. It's not
0: that hard. (laughs) (laughs) Meat or bread. That's the real question. Vegan meat or bread. (laughs) Hey, Andrew Shavon. Thank you, Ted. You're the thank, man. You. thank you uh, to the world. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the Ted Jones World Podcast, bro. We're gonna pop up your Instagram here through uh CGI post-production. So uh shout it out, please. Hey, Chivone, or Adrian Chabone on Instagram, a hey, Chabone on Twitter.
1: See you everybody and TikTok Adrian Shabon.
0: Absolutely. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Peace.